get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Emily Kaplan. She's an ESPN hockey reporter, joins us here on 101 ESPN. Emily, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Let's start with the obvious. What'd you make of the Blues getting bounced in the sixth game of the first round of the postseason? You know what? It just wasn't inspiring. Uh, you know, I think this season has been challenging for everybody. Um, we've never seen a disruption like this in hockey, and, and the way teams responded, I don't think we could totally judge their character. But when we talk to – I've been talking to people in the Toronto bubble and in the Edmonton bubble, and there's kind of been this theme going on, as you can tell who wants to be there and who doesn't. And the Blues are one of those teams that I've heard a lot of players cite as a team that just didn't really have their hearts in it. Yeah, Emily, do you think the Blues kind of sabotage themselves a little bit with the the mentality that oh, the round robin, you know, we're not really focused on this. We're just looking to make sure we try to find our game. And you look at other teams and they treated every single game like it could be their last. And when I'm looking at the playoffs right now, those teams are still going. Yeah, you know, that's largely true. There's one exception, and that's the Boston Bruins, because I'm with you. I think that team should have taken that round-robin seriously so they could get up to their intensity, like the teams that were in qualifying rounds. But the Boston Bruins were a team that literally did not take it seriously. Brad Marchand kept calling it exhibition games. I think he called it preseason games at one point. Um, and they also went winless. They just didn't play well. And then all of a sudden, they were able to flip that switch when it did get to the first round. And like the Blues, they are a veteran-led team who have gone on long runs. So I think it is possible they could have flipped the switch. But for the Blues, for whatever reason, they were kind of just in this malaise and they couldn't pull themselves out of it. Emily, do you think, and I know we, we always ask this question after a team loses in the postseason, so maybe it's too much of a cliche, but did we learn more about Vancouver in that series or about the St. Louis Blues in that series? Yeah, I, I think we 100% learned more about Vancouver. Because I, like I said, I think at the top of this call, I don't necessarily think it's an indictment of the culture of the Blues um, that they weren't able to drum up the excitement and go on another long run after. Let's remember, they had a very short offseason last year. They've been playing a lot of hockey. Meanwhile, the Canucks are a team that were like, they're young, they're exciting, but are they here yet? And it really does feel like in that series, they showed how fast they were. They showed how much skill they were, had. Uh, Jacob Markstrom really rose to the occasion. So they proved to us that they have arrived. Yeah, Emily, the young guys for the Vancouver Canucks, everybody always talked about Elias Patterson, right? Yeah, he's a Calder Trophy winner, and all eyeballs are on him. I'll tell you what, it's been a long time in my hockey lifetime since I've seen a young defenseman like Quinn Hughes to where every shift he's on the ice with or without the puck, 
he has an impact on the play. And for me, uh, you talk about, you know, guys that kind of pop out of nowhere. I know he was, he's a very, very good prospect and young player. But for me, this was like his coming out party for a national viewership to see this guy with that much talent. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Like, he was one of those players, and you know how it is, like, you just want to follow them on the ice when they're taking a shift. Like, the oh, the person I could explain like that would be Connor McDavid. Like, your eyes just gravitate towards them. Patrick Kane is like that. And now I feel like Quinn Hughes is like that because of the way he does things offensively that are so creative we're not used to seeing from defensemen. But also, he's pretty damn good on his own end, too. Um, so that's really exciting. And honestly, um, the Canucks totally lucked out with him. And to the national audience point that you made, they're in a very late time zone. They don't often get really good uh, slots on national television. Uh, they're a Canadian team, especially here in the U.S. We don't really follow them. And it's kind of a shame that so many of these young American stars are stuck on Canadian teams. If you think Austin Matthew, the Kachuk brothers, um, you know, now Hughes and, and Besser in Vancouver. So I'm glad that he was able to show this in the playoffs. And now hopefully we'll get out of that 930 central time slot, which isn't that easy for people either. Yeah, I was about to say, we learned the hard way about <laughs> yeah. that 930 time slot here in St. Yeah. Louis recently, Emily. Uh, we're talking with Emily Kaplan of ESPN.com here on 101 ESPN. So, Emily, I did want to kind of push things forward a little bit to ask you about Alex Petrangelo because we heard his first comments after the game, and they weren't exactly inspiring when it comes to whether or not he's going to re- return for next year. What do you think Petro's market looks like right now in the way-too-early kind of predictions of that? And how likely do you think it is that he returns here? Yeah, you know, I think when you heard him talk, it was the emotions of the moment and the sting of this just ending so quickly and the realization this could be the end for him. Because let's face it, it has been a bit of a disappointing couple months from a contractual standpoint, the fact that it appears that his side is so far apart with the blues of what they're willing to give. Uh, now we get to this offseason. I keep wanting to say summer because I'm used to saying summer. But we get to this offseason, and he's a free agent. And um, had the Blues not come to a deal and it was a typical year, I think there would have been teams lining up to give him six, seven-year contracts at, you know, Roman Yossi-type AAV, $9 million per year. Now we're in a situation where the cap is flat for the next couple of years. Teams are really going to have to be creative. I think that market has dried up significantly. I, I do think there's absolutely a market for a player of his stature. He's a number one defenseman. Everyone could do someone like that. Um, but he would probably have to settle for a shorter-term deal, maybe a lower cap hit than he was expected. So my opinion, this is me personally, I think the most likely outcome is he comes to some kind of compromise with the Blues, whether it's a shorter term than he was looking for, a cap hit, you know, a structure that was different than he was looking for. But I really do feel like the most likely outcome is he does remain in St. Louis. Yeah, we're hoping so, that's for sure. Um, As we talk about some of the players moving forward here, we were discussing at the top of the show just the visuals of how different it was last year at you know in the playoffs where Jordan Bennington is marching down the parade with the cup over his head, and this year there's the visual of him you know, walking towards the locker room in the dark hallway as he gets pulled out of game six. Where, from a national standpoint, and I guess around the media circles, what are people saying about this performance from Jordan Bennington and where it could lead to even next year? Is there a bounce back in his future, or is this something that the Blues are going to have to deal with? Yeah, I think the first thing you hear is, well, this is exactly why the Blues uh, – didn't want to commit to him long-term and agreed to a bridge deal. 
um, even though he is a Stanley Cup winner. That said, um, I don't think there is a ton of huge, dire concerns saying, wow, the Stanley Cup run was an aberration. This is the true Jordan Bennington, the guy that stunk in the playoffs in 2020 when it was a pandemic postseason and he hadn't played for five months. Um, no, I, I think more so the thinking is, all right, we know the ceiling of Jordan Biddington, and we know the basement of Jordan Biddington. He's probably closer to the ceiling, but maybe he's a guy that's going to ebb and flow throughout his career, and he really um, needs to refocus himself and, and prove something next year. But overall, I don't think that people are too concerned that this guy is going to be a dud. It was just one dud of a postseason. Now, to one more player that yeah, I think we have to try and talk about here a little bit is Vladimir Tarasenko. And Look, we know he he's had some injury problems. He's had two procedures on the shoulder now. What lies ahead for a guy like Vladdy? Do we have any insight as to how bad it was that what he was dealing with, or is this something that the Blues have to look to evaluate as they look at Jake Allen, as they look at Alex Petrangelo, Jaden Schwartz? Is Vladimir Tarasenko now someone that they have to look at and maybe reevaluate? Yeah, I, I really don't know. You know, I remember talking to Doug Armstrong. This must have been, I want to say, around December or January. Um, and he was telling me about Vlad Tarasenko's rehab and how it was going. And he said, we actually had to tell him to pull back a little bit. He was going too hard. We're like, Vlad, it's okay. Like, you can take it easy and make sure you're doing the right things. And I do, I'm not trying to suggest that he overdid it in rehab. I'm just talking about the mindset that he was in and the shape that he was in. And I do think, you know, maybe there is a question, did he come back a little bit too soon? Would it have behooved him just to sit out completely? Then again, we were at a situation in April where he was saying he was really close to coming back in more March when the season was paused. Um, I think he's now a guy that we're going to say, are injuries going to plague his career? Can we really count on him for being available 82 games? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And right now, there's not much medical information that we know about the current state of his injury. So it's hard just to predict what the short-term future and long-term future will hold. Final question that I've got for you, Emily. We're talking with Emily Kaplan, the ESPN hockey reporter. You can follow her on Twitter, at Emily M. Kaplan. We've talked a little bit about Vlad. We've talked about Petro. What do you find most interesting about the Blues this offseason? What are the moves that you're going to be paying attention to? What in particular fascinates you about this Blues team as they now enter the offseason time? Yeah, um, the Pietrangelo thing, I, I think, has my number one attention. Um, you know, it's just rarely do you see a captain of a team, you know, in this kind of a standstill. And he could go to the open market, but he very well could come back. Um, but I'm also looking at them and I say, okay, could there be any veterans on the move? You know, if they are going to try to switch some things up, could we see Alex Dean or Carl Gunnarsson, Tyler Bozek, Jaden Schwartz on the move? Um, and then there's a little bit of excitement. You know, they signed Scott Perunovich. Um, he's the Hobie Baker winner. And, and I'm curious to see, you know, we we're talking about Quinn Hughes earlier. He's the same stature as Quinn Hughes. He plays a very offensive-minded game. I don't think the ceiling is as high as Quinn Hughes, but this could be a guy who adds a little bit of youth, a little bit of skill, a little bit of speed to the lineup next year. So there's a lot going on with this team for, uh, you know, a veteran group that just won a Stanley Cup just it feels like a few months ago. Um, but it should be an exciting one. That is Emily Kaplan. You can find her work on ESPN.com, where she is a hockey reporter. You can follow her on Twitter, at Emily M. Kaplan. Emily, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We'll talk with you again soon. Really enjoyed it. Have a great day.